911 operators, what is that one call that you can never forget? Many of these stories will be sad and graphic. Viewer discretion is advised. Harley motorcycle tipped over and the clutch lever went into a four-year-old's eye. The parent was on the line asking what to do. Suddenly, she said, they're going to lift the motorcycle. I emphatically told her to tell them to stop and wait for rescue and EMS. Rescue ended up cutting off the clutch lever and transporting the kid to the hospital. She underwent surgery. That was 1982. Just last year, I met the lead rescue officer and the girl herself, now fully grown. They wanted to meet the 911 operator that saved her vision. I'm a dispatcher for a cab company. One day, I got a call from an old man who seemed as if his voice was trembling. I'm naturally polite, as I asked for his drop-off address. He said, the emergency room. I casually said, feeling a little under the weather, eh? And he responded, I tried to take my life. I vomited most of the pills up, and now I feel miserable. Can you send a cab quick? Certainly, sir. Anything else I can do for you? I talked to him for 15 minutes before the cab pulled up and the driver carried him out to his car. He told me his life story and why he tried to end it. I visited him in the hospital as soon as my shift was over. He still calls for a cab every day to take him to a barbecue restaurant. I had a call that started out pretty dumb but was actually pretty serious. 911, where is your emergency? 123 Main Street. Okay, what's going on there? I'd like to order a pizza for delivery. Oh great, another prank call. Ma'am, you've reached 911. Yeah, I know. Can I have a large with half pepperoni, half mushroom and peppers? Um, I'm sorry. You know you've called 911, right? Yeah, do you know how long it'll be? Okay, ma'am, is everything okay over there? Do you have an emergency? Yes, I do. And you can't talk about it because there's someone in the room with you? Moment of realization. Yes, that's correct. Do you know how long it'll be? I have an officer about a mile from your location. Are there any weapons in your house? No. Can you stay on the phone with me? Nope. See you soon. Thanks. As we dispatch the call, I check the history at the address and see there are multiple previous domestic violence calls. The officer arrives and finds a couple. Female was kind of banged up, and the boyfriend was drunk. Officer arrests him after she explains that the boyfriend had been beating her for a while. I thought she was pretty clever to use that trick. Definitely one of the most memorable calls. I'm not a 911 operator but I spent time doing OnStar slash telematics type stuff, and the moments you remember are those when you're still connected to the vehicle once the dispatch has been made after an accident. I've heard a brother beg for his other brother not to die as he bled out. Not sure if he actually did. The one that has stuck with me the most is the one I initially heard the least on. Airbag signal, connected to a vehicle. I heard a sigh and then silence outside. Nothing but the sounds of passing traffic. A coworker then completes the dispatch, standard procedure, and I attempt to make a contact a time or two with no luck. It's simply a matter of remaining on the line to listen to make sure the ambulance gets there. Then, a car stops, and I hear talking in the background. Soon after, someone else stops. Finally, someone starts the last rites type of prayer after asking someone to join hands. I realize then that what I heard at the very beginning of the call was their last breath. The only time that this person's entire existence crossed mine was at the last possible moment, and they don't even know it. Life is fickle. Be good to everyone. I was a 911 dispatcher for several years, and one of my most memorable calls was a hysterical woman at about midnight one stormy night. She was absolutely incomprehensible. I kept saying, ma'am, ma'am, you have to calm down. I can't understand you. Ma'am. This went on for what felt like forever. I couldn't get anything useful out of her. 
my officers were en route to this obviously horrifying situation. Finally, she said something about being with her sister. How old is your sister? One. Instantly suspicious, I asked, how old are you? Five. A five-year-old boy. So that's how I inadvertently called a little boy ma'am many, many times. Oops. The storm had woken him up and his parents were gone. They went out to move their cars to shelter in case of hail. He was just very scared. My officer still responded and talked to the parents about not leaving sleeping children alone, but everybody was unscathed. It wasn't my most tragic call, but it is one I've never forgotten. Poor little ma'am. Just a reminder that if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to Am I the Genius and Am I the Jerk, linked in the description below. Thanks for watching. My first call I ever had to dispatch on the radio. Two homeless dudes blowing each other on the bus. I'm sorry it's not serious or traumatic, but it'll always stay with me. I used to work as a relay operator, 711, and often got misdialed 911 calls. We would connect them to 911, but since they connected through us, we had to stay on the line. One time, I got an old woman who fell out of bed and couldn't get up. I connected her to 911, and from there they tracked her location. The 911 operator is like, Ma'am, are you in such and such hospital? Are you calling from the hospital? Yes, I fell and no one will help me. Not sure what the 911 operator did, but about 10 minutes later, you hear someone come into her room to help her up. Apparently, this woman fell out of her hospital bed and no one noticed for over an hour until she dragged herself to the phone and called 911. I was like, note to self, never go to this hospital. 911 dispatcher here. I took a call once of a house being on fire, so of course, we send the fire department out. Soon as they arrive on the scene, they ask for the police to respond. Police don't typically respond to this area with the fire department. Turns out the story was that a girl's fiancé arrives home and dumps gas on her and lights her on fire. She then runs to the shower to try to put herself out. He follows her, turns the shower off, dumps more gas on her, and lights her back on fire. She then runs through the house, thereby lighting the house on fire. She then runs out of the house as the fire department arrives on scene. So when FD pulled up, they had arrived to a body collapsed in the yard on fire. When PD arrives, the male fiancé walks out of the burning house, lets himself into the back of a police car, and says, take me to jail. My mom was a 911 dispatcher for over 30 years. She had many crazy calls, but one story she told me always stuck out from the rest. One day, a man called in. With a calm voice, he told my mom he was in a local hotel and that he had doused himself with gasoline and was going to end his life. He called in so they could evacuate the hotel because, quote, I don't want to hurt anyone else. While my mom is trying to talk him out of it, she is on another line to the hotel letting them know what's going on and to get everyone out. While emergency services are en route, she has to stay on the line whenever possible to keep people calm, reassure them help is on the way, and to try her best to keep track of what's up on the other end. As soon as the guy heard the sirens coming in the distance, he asked her if everyone had been evacuated yet. She tried to stall her answer, thinking he'd light himself up as soon as she said yes. Didn't work. Seconds later, she stated hearing the worst screams she's ever heard, and she's heard many during that job over the years, and the phone went static, and then silence. He died in that hotel, and Mom had to listen. Lousy day. I wasn't a 911 operator, but a supervisor for AT&T's 00info directory information. Think 411. While remotely listening in on some agents one evening, one particular call was escalated to Tier 2 for assistance. On the other end of the line was a woman who was hysterical, saying her husband was trying to kill her. Protocol dictates that we trace the number to the local LEC, 
local exchange carrier, and notify law enforcement in that area. We do this, but we had no way to connect the call to the local sheriff dispatch. Silly, I know, but we technically weren't true operators, and our equipment didn't support that functionality. Basically, we had to act as a relay between the LEO and the victim on the phone. By this time, I had moved from my office to seat myself next to the Tier 2 agent to help her keep her cool while everything was going down. The agent, let's call her April, because that was her name, was handling the call very well at first, but started to lose her mind as the call progressed. While listening in on the call next to April and trying to convey what is going on to the LEO at the other line, we hear the woman who initially called in say, He went to get an axe. Ma'am, where are you now? I'm locked in the bathroom. Please hurry. The sheriff's office is on their way. They say they are five minutes out. Then, we hear loud banging on the door. Her husband was trying to chop his way through the door with the axe. April lost it when she heard the woman start screaming, knowing her husband was coming after her with an axe. She threw her headset off and walked away, saying something like, I can't do it, Lucky Ink, I can't. April heads off to the ladies' room to collect herself. So I pick up the headset to reassure the lady on the phone. Ma'am, the sheriff is at your house now. Where is your husband? Back bathroom, he's at the door. More loud banging from the axe. By this time, the woman was overly hysterical and crying madly. Then, Sheriff's Department, drop the axe. Sheriff's Department, drop the axe. Pop, 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 pop. The local LEO dispatch directed me to ask the lady to open the bathroom door, and she does. The next voice I heard on her phone was a sheriff deputy. All he said was this. The situation is under control, operator. Disengage the call. I still get chills and all teary thinking about it. Hi, guys. I actually am a 911 operator. First ever 911 I answered was about a naked man sitting in a bathtub on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. He was drunk, and we still don't know where he got the tub. Edit, West Tennessee, since everyone keeps asking. The one that stayed with me gave childbirth instructions to a deaf father via relay for his deaf wife. They were the victims of a home invasion and were tied to chairs. Burglars saw her in labor, panicked, then left. Took dad hours to free himself and call. While giving the instructions, I obtained a suspect description to put out to surrounding agencies. They were caught in the city to our north during the call. Baby boy was born perfectly healthy. I worked in a call center a few years ago, not for 911, but for general purchases for car parts. Anyway, some guy phones me asking for a car part, find the part number, and place the order as I would normally do. I then hear him sigh and begin to cry. Naturally, I ask if everything is okay, and his response is, you don't want to listen to my problems, mate. Me being a kind guy who wanted to get rid of some of his shift, I said, sure, what's up? And ended up having so many feels. Turns out his wife had motor neuron disease and had very recently passed away, and he was fixing up her car to sell it on. He said it got to the stage where she couldn't walk, then couldn't speak, couldn't do basic tasks such as dress herself or shower, etc. Eventually, she didn't even recognize his face, and the disease ultimately took her. He then tells me about how he has to move house, as he can't stand to be in the property without his wife anymore, and that he had 80,000 pounds worth of pills in a drawer that he had nothing to do with. He said he'll probably donate them to charity. Anyway, after about a 50-minute conversation with him, he was so glad that he asked for the company address. Now, I was new on the job, so I didn't realize the dangers of disclosing this information, but I gave it to him, and that Christmas, I received a card from him saying thanks for taking the time to listen to him, and that it really helped him get through a tough time just speaking to someone about it. So yeah, he was such a nice guy, and I'll remember him for the rest of my days because he really made an impact on me with the story. TLDR, guy orders car parts, 
cries, I proceed to have so many feels. Edit, oh my goodness, first gold, thank you so much. I honestly never expected such a great response. Edit 2. Relearning about motor neuron disease and having so many flashbacks of the guy's explanation as to what it does exactly, etc. Wouldn't wish this upon your worst enemy. Edit 3. I'd like to thank everyone for all the nice comments and PMs I'm receiving. Also, the hourly rate for the car part therapist has increased from free to 150 pounds per hour. I'm actually a police call taker. Throw away because it's about time I made one and because confidentiality. But sorry, the reason you're not getting many real answers is because we can't talk about much. Got a call just yesterday on the non-emergency line from a very old, very proud German-Canadian man who just babbled on for five minutes straight about having come to Canada before World War II in a boat with windows and helped build Canada and loved Harper and he built skyscrapers and was a plumber and blah 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 and would not be interrupted. I just sat back on mute and laughed my butt off. When I finally went to kick him off the line, he finished with, Log live Amea! Log live Canada! I love everybody! I love this place! Yes, I know my accent is bad. Before my grandma died, we had to call 911 to get her to the hospital. An older lady, for some reason still an EMT, or first responder, I forgot, came to the house. She had trouble getting up all the stairs to the front door and fell backwards. She thought she hit her head, so she touched it and saw blood all over her palm. In reality, she just scraped her hands, but thought the blood was from her head, so she fainted. We had to call another ambulance. So, as a med student, I worked as an emergency phone operator for night shifts. One unusually quiet night, I had a call at about 3 a.m. A nice old lady was asking for just somebody to talk to because she had insomnia and just woke up from a terrible nightmare. Now, usually I was angry when something like this happened. People calling in the middle of the night for some BS that clearly isn't a medical emergency. But this old woman was so sweet and polite that I decided to just have a nice talk with her. Also, all the other lines were quiet at the time. She told me her name and that ever since her husband was sent to a nursing home several weeks ago, she was afraid that something terrible might happen to him. About one hour ago, she awoke and just felt that something bad had happened, and now she felt so anxious and alone at home, just wanted to hear a human voice, someone to talk to. She kept excusing herself for calling in the middle of the night and wasting my time. And then I got a call on the second line, it was the nursing home where her husband was sent. Yo, we got a dead here. Died one hour ago. Sent over the doctor for a death certificate. Needless to say, the man who just died had the same last name as the nice lady I had been talking to. I am a 911 operator. My favorite call I personally took that I won't forget is about a couple at McDonald's. They had just purchased a new vehicle and went out to celebrate the purchase at a local McDonald's. The wife, for some reason, decided she had better check the spare tire and make sure they had one before they left town, and found a gun instead. I received a call from the wife stating she just accidentally shot her husband. When I was asking about exit wounds, she said it did not penetrate but burned him real badly. Turns out, wife shot the husband with a flare gun when she went to show it to him. They did not finish their Big Macs, and I'm not sure how that marriage ended up. He wasn't a happy man on the way to the emergency room to get burn treatment. Former Sheriff's Department dispatcher in charge of non-emergency and 9-11 calls for a rural southern county. I picked up the job part-time and was in the process of training. My supervisor was sitting next to me listening to my end of the call, but she was not hooked into the line to hear the whole call. Line rings. I answer. It's 911. A young girl, 
less than 10 years old, is telling me that she, her mother, and her baby sibling are locked in a bedroom. Her uncle is pacing around outside the door holding a knife and threatening to kill them all. She does not know the house number slash fire number where they are, and mom is basically checked out of the conversation out of fear. I have a vague idea of where she is, so I send deputies in her direction with the promise that I will get better directions. As is typical in rural areas, everybody owned a scanner and listened like it was their job. My phone starts ringing off the hook, so I am reassuring this little girl on one headset and holding a second headset up to my other ear taking directions from concerned members of the public. Directions like, go until you see a broke down truck, keep going. When you get to the second broke down truck, turn right and continue until you see a large rock. It was also late enough in the evening that everything was dark out. The little girl tells me there might be a back door that is unlocked. Members of the public who know the house just from the general location and number slash gender of occupants are calling in confirming that there is a back door that my deputy should enter through and that they will not be seen by the perpetrator if he has retreated to the living room. My guys arrive, sneak in the back, walk right up to the guy sitting in a recliner, disarm him, and arrest him. Family gets emergency protective orders so he, ideally, cannot be a threat to them again. I almost quit after that call because my adrenaline was running. I was shaking, and I'd had to handle it mostly myself because my supervisor couldn't hear what was going on. I stayed with it, and it was one of the best jobs I had. I quit when I moved to another state, but it was a sad decision to make. Edit, I would like to add that the whole not being able to find your house and the country thing was extremely common back then, and I cannot speak to current systems in rural areas. I also got extensive public help via scanner listeners the time a home security company called to report a possible break-in or medical emergency, but they only had a billing address on file, no directions to the house whatsoever. If you have any kind of company servicing your home, make sure they have your actual street address slash fire number and a backup detailed set of directions to your home, including landmarks. I don't want to ever see anyone in an easily preventable emergency because ADP doesn't have the details necessary to send someone to your home. Allow me to offer a funny story in place of these serious ones. I was an intern at a local police department and I was working with dispatch for the day. We received a call from a concerned citizen complaint. 911, what is your emergency? I'm sorry, ma'am, could you please speak up? I said there's two guys screwing in a parked truck. Yes, ma'am. We'll get someone out there immediately. The operator hung up and we both immediately started laughing. He had the caller on speaker so I could listen. I asked him if he was going to send someone out there and he just shrugged and told me sometimes people need some fun. Edit. My newest, most upvoted comment is about butt stuff. Nice. Edit 2. I should talk about butt stuff more often on Reddit. Edit 3. Gold for talking about butt stuff. Reddit. I love you so very much. And thank you, most kind and generous stranger. I have much love for you as well. Not an actual 911 call, but I did get a 911 call while working at a tattoo shop. A customer calls me, gives me his address, tells me to not ask questions, come over, don't knock, but rather break a window and come on in. What I find is him and his girlfriend were on the bed doggy style. I say, whoa, I don't mind the show, but I'm not sure if I want to join. Turns out they had gotten their piercings caught. The bar at the base of his had gotten caught in her hoop. Not a 911 operator, but grandma was a telephone operator back in the day when operators actually connected calls. First call ever on first day on the job. Kid zipped his junk in a zipper. She said she could hear the kids screaming in the background. So, she put it through to the fire department because, quote, 
I figured they were all guys there, so they know what to do. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.